0: And hello and happy Monday, everybody. Hello and happy Monday, Tiffany. Happy
1: Monday.
0: How are you, Tiffany? I am really good. You seem extra happy today. Can
1: I tell you, honestly, it's because this weekend was so beautiful. Yes, the it was. The sun, I, when I took the yes, trip, yes. energized me. It filled was up it? my energy.
0: I hear you. I just love the... Feeling of it. You're right. I just wanted to be out in the sun a little bit longer. Yeah. So we're going to get more and more days like that. That's exciting. I hope so. awesome. And then yes. I'll
1: be a happy camper.
0: There you go. I, can you believe it? Even happier than you already are. Right? I right? Know. I, there, there should be a law. But if there is, I want to cancel that law, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, hello, everyone. It is Monday, about seven o'clock, and you are listening to WRLR 98.3. And this is Bacon Bits with Master Happiness. My name is Marty Jalove, and as always, every Monday right here, we are trying to help you navigate those paths of happiness. Okay, we're inundated by reasons to be scared and sad and even mad, but uh, we've got to fight a little harder. You know, happiness is outnumbered three to one, so we fight a little harder to find those paths of happiness, and they are out there. You know, we are going to deal with those other feelings, but find those paths of happiness. And I can't do it alone, just like you can't do it alone. We tell everyone, go find some help. I've got the best help in the world. I've got my bestest buddy. Tiffany. There she is. And she is with <laughs> me every Monday. I could not imagine, I really couldn't imagine being here without her. Okay, she energy, like she just said, the sun energizes her. She is like my sun. I sit, I'm sit your I, sunshine. I, there you go. I sit here and I look across and she's giggling and grinning oh. and she's just shining and she's just happy all the time. Okay, so it just, it means so much to me when I can look over there and she's just smiling. I don't know what kind of uh, pills or what kind of food or what kind of drink she's doing, but I just want to dip in that pool there. <laughs> All right? I wanna, I wish I was h- as happy as Tiffany is well, every I gotta single tell you, day. You're
1: pretty darn close. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> there, there you
0: go. So anyway, like I said, everybody out there, what we want to do is we want to help you navigate those paths of happiness. And we do agree that there are plenty of things in life that are going to uh bring us down and sadness and uh the thing we're going to talk about today is the end of life we're going to talk about death today's show is all about life death and bacon Yeah. okay and yeah and, and all of a sudden uh we kind of lost yeah. tiffany's smile there it's yeah. a tough one
1: it is a tough one since i just lost my mom
0: exactly exactly and you know tiffany when if you feel like you want to open up you're going to share stories you go right ahead uh If you're feeling for it, because I was just repeating some of the stories, some of the things I was thinking about, about people in my family I lost. I was talking, sharing some stories with my sister, and I could feel that it was welling up in me. I was teary. I was all teary-eyed. After all these years. After all these years, me at least, I find that uh, I learn a different lesson. And the most important thing for me is that everyone I've lost, I've gotten some type of closure. Uh, And I should say Almost everyone I lost I lost one nephew uh, many 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 years ago Uh, he took his own life and it was awful and that's the one that I wish I could have stepped back and I wish I could have just talked to him just a couple of minutes before that had happened uh, I, I mean obviously to stop him but also just to understand because to go through years and years and years and really never knowing why what would push you to that point a is, lot of pain yeah a, a, a great deal of pain and so being an uncle it's a normal feeling I think to feel like that when you don't have closure that you see you feel like I could have done something uh, I'm at that age now that I'm finding people my age group are dying and that's scary yeah
1: absolutely yeah
0: and you sit here and you're like going, Wow Old people are supposed to die, right? You know, uh, when I lost my grandparents, I was kind of like, you know, old people, I understand they're going to die. Of course they're going to die. They're, they're old. But then all of a sudden, when you start losing people your age or younger than you, right? it is a phase with your mind in such a crazy way. So, uh, t- like Tiffany had mentioned, she would lost her mom not too long ago. And so we said, let's, let's dedicate a show to that, how we deal with death, how we deal with the grief of death and just these great, great losses that we have. And uh, I just wanted to make sure we had enough time. And so, Tiffany, you—you, you, I, I want you when you feel like it, you want to share something, you just share away, okay? Well,
1: I, the one thing that I—I'm thinking I'm really missing that I didn't think I would be. Yes, is if something happens, picking up the phone and calling my mom.
0: Oh, sure. And that's it's sure.
1: really tough. It's like something at work happened, and I would like, oh, I got to tell mom, and I'm like, ooh, I can't, or. Um, If I'm not feeling well, there was a couple of times, it was pretty late at night, I had a a pain in my chest, and I thought I was having a heart attack, so I had called my mom, and my mom's, because I didn't want to wake my husband up, so I called my mom, and so I called mom, you know, I have this pain, she's like, honey, it's gas. (laughs) (laughs) Drink a cup of tea and have some toast, you'll be fine. You know what? I was fine. I had a cup of tea and some toast, mom was right. So little times that I'm like, oh, I gotta call mom. Yeah. She's not there. Right, And that's right. what really, really, really gets to me. But I, I, I yeah. feel that she's still with me.
0: Good, and And
1: that gives me comfort. Like, I, before she passed, I'm like, Mom, I know you're going to be with me. She's like, oh, honey, I'll be whispering in your <laughs> ear. And I'm like, I know you will be there. So that kind of gives me comfort. Sure. knowing.
0: And you, you've got to figure she nurtured you. You grew under her care. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is, you know, we see kids repeat everything parents do. Uh, they the parents are there are the role models the mentors to children and we try to do a good job and we have to realize that our kids grow and uh, evolve based on the actions they see us do so what happens is the kids become slightly like us so I love the idea how you just said that she will be with you and I agree with you a hundred percent she will be with you because she's part of you okay and I look at my kids and I look at my son sometimes and I get upset and you know we're talking about this'm already right? I'm already getting teary-eyed <laughs> here but I look at my son and I see be great and I see uh you know that sometimes he picks up some of my bad habits and I'm like oh my god it, it it just drives me crazy I look at my my oldest daughter Katie and I said wow she is like has not only taken the best of me but she is like taken the best of of me and her mom and she is just created her something that she's an incredible individual okay and my other girls they're growing and they're changing and i could see i could see how they've taken some of me and they take a lot of their mom and i just see that uh they're turning we they're all all of our kids are turning into something remarkable something amazing something worth worth being happy with and proud about okay and so that's that's so meaning to me meaningful to me and I look at, uh, I can look back at some of the things I love about my father and my mother and my grandparents, and I was lucky enough to know my grandparents, and I was very, very close with my aunt. I look at them and I can remember some of the things I really cherished about them, and then I suddenly see those traits in me. And it really does, like you said, it. it there's a connection there where we we have taken on their traits. We have become them in our own way and so in so many ways they're right here with us do you
1: ever um like talk to them
0: oh my gosh yes yeah i do
1: too i'll just sit there and and people um yeah Yeah. it's it's kind of funny that i'll say well mom you know i did this this, this." (laughs) yeah and
0: it's (laughs) and it is just that right that little conversation where we're laughing about it where it's kind of like silly like oh i just you know messed up again um i was uh lucky enough that with and I wish it we had done it with my father, but my mom and my aunt when they had gotten later into the years and we knew there were, it was you know, it, death was inevitable. Uh, I was able to shoot some videos of them and it was just really nice just to hear them talk. And it's I'm so, sorry, there it was one that
1: uh I did listen to
0: <laughs> and it cracked
1: me up, they were bickering.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, I know it's. I was video going, going back and forth, they were the two of them, my mom and my aunt sitting next to each other. And I was saying, all right, we're going to just do these really quick videos. I want to make sure, we should have done this earlier, but we're doing it now. And it was, I would ask my mom a question, then I would ask my my aunt the question, then I would go back and ask my mom. And I remember them going, all right, we've had enough. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, no, we have, you know, we have seven children. You have to talk a little something about each one of the kids. And they were doing that, and then they were like, no, is, that is not the truth. I don't know what you're talking about. That is not what happened. I'm like, okay, it's not your turn to talk. I'm talking to her right now. Yes, yeah, so. Those are the beautiful things. And they left me with so many great memories.
1: And you actually told me to do that. Yes. And I did do that with my mom.
0: Good. Good. And
1: she had things to say about all of us. And beautiful. she told me that she was proud. And she goes, Tip, you're so intelligent. You know, and I'm like,
0: no, do you have oh, the right kid? Yeah. So she was a good liar. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so I honestly, I haven't had it chance or a heart to listen to him yet okay but i do have them good and good. i'm really really glad you told me to do it good good I just
0: really... hold on to him and because you'll listen to him uh at, when the time is right and you'll need her yeah you'll just love listening to it and then what's nice about it is that su- suddenly you'll just stumble upon him one day you know a year from now or two years from now you'll be flipping through and you'll you'll come to him again and you'll click through and it's just it is just overwhelmingly happy. Yeah. Okay. It's just such a great feeling. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I think everyone out there, uh, you've got to look at these people that we know, our parents, our grandparents, uncles and aunts and stuff like that. Just talk to them. I mean, at least record audio, but do a video with them, a small, a small little interview. I mean, right. You think about, we have the technology right now, right now at our hands that it's so easy to do. And I'm telling you, it's, even if you sit there going, oh, well, that's, you know, Uncle Sal or whatever, okay? and <laughs> Uncle I'm, Lloyd. Yeah, Uncle Lloyd. <laughs> and I barely talk to him. Record it anyway. Absolutely. Go over there. If you can't make it there um, to do a video, then record a phone call Yeah. just to hear his voice. voice. Because years from now, you are going to want to hear that voice. Yep. Okay? Um, so I want to, you know, just go through this this whole thing is... So, Tiffany, why do you think... What do you think the reason is that we are so afraid of death that we're so afraid to talk about it? We don't even like to think about it. You know, we we want to live our lives, but we don't. We postpone that. Like we don't want to talk about it.
1: Ooh, I don't know. That's really tough. My mom was never afraid. Okay. She she was. She goes. I'm not afraid of dying. Okay. It's going to be another adventure for me.
0: There you go. You know. All right. I love so,
1: that. Um, I. I guess I don't want to think about it because I'm not ready now. Right, right. If something was wrong with me and maybe if I was really sick or I had something, maybe then, yeah. But right now, I'd be afraid because I'm not ready. I have too much more to live for or experience. So that would be the only reason why I'd be afraid is, okay, I'm not done yet. I'm not done
0: here. Right, right. So it's interesting because the first step in this, and I was reading something by a psychologist named J. Williams Warden. Okay, and what he did was he came up with these four tasks that help us understand how people, uh, you know, our journey through the grief of either dying or or dealing with somebody who's going to die. And the first task is to accept the reality of the loss, you know, uh, understanding that it's inevitable. Okay, and what's interesting, he touched on the fact that the older you get, the easier that is, because we know death is closer to us and we start understanding how inevitable it's going to be. When you're young and carefree, you're never thinking death is around the corner, okay? But unfortunately, we we're fragile. Death, you know, we're not promised to tomorrow. So death could come to any one of us.
1: And it's the unknown. Correct. No one knows. Okay, no, what right. is death like? Nobody yeah, knows because exactly. they don't.
0: And so we want, <laughs> gone, it, we want it we want it to be wonderful, we want it to be something, okay? Uh so because it adds to the whole idea of if that's it, if we just are born, we live, and then we die, it seems like, uh, you know, we can't make sense of it. We, want it. we want to know the purpose, and sometimes we want to say, after we die, there's something grander out there. Like, in other words, we did something, we accomplished something, and we're going to be thanked or rewarded in this afterlife. You know, we're going, it's that ultimate uh, parent who is looking over us, watching what we do, and then afterwards they're going to say you did a good job. You and know, Marty and
1: Tiffany, you made people a lot happier.
0: <laughs> so they're going to give us that extra. Hug. little we're extra. Gonna get, hug. We're going to get a podcast in heaven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that'll be it. That was funny. Right. Oh, well, I'm glad. There you go. All right. <laughs>
1: A podcast a in, in heaven.
0: heaven that's that's a good name for it we should trademark that right away there podcast in yeah. heaven yeah and there we go all right so the task number two uh according again to psych uh psychologist j william warden uh after accept the reality and loss number two is process the pain of grief in other words just process it kind of understand it and and feel feel it and allow yourself to uh to feel the grief it's so important you can't just camouflage you can't hide it you can't bury it too deep uh process it and, and and accept it in your way okay
1: i had um gone to therapy so my mom had passed and i didn't cry at okay. all i mean we sure. knew it was coming we didn't cry but as soon as i went to my therapist's office yeah. as soon as i saw her i broke down I'll bet. so the for the full hour i bawled and bawled and cried and cried and just let it all out and I did feel
0: better good but
1: it was for days I didn't cry at all and then sure. as soon as I saw her I just lost it
0: well chances are that, that at that therapist's office it was a warm environment it was a safe environment it was a place where you could just let go and all these other people maybe you were, I don't know and maybe uh, the when you were around family and that you felt you had to be strong in some ways I could I can't break down in front of these people yet and here, the therapist was the perfect mm-hmm. uh, place for you. Yeah, I remember when my father died, it took me a very, very long time to cry. Wow. I couldn't cry. And in fact, it bothered me because um, I thought, why am I not crying? Okay. I mean, I admire my father. I have such wonderful memories with my father. And he's been gone a long, long time. So I don't even know if the, half of the memories are true or they're <laughs> <laughs> manufactured <laughs> in my head. Okay. But um, it was easily months and months and months later and i was doing some woodworking and i was just uh you know nailing pieces of wood together or something like that and it just dawned on me and i said i wish my dad was here just to see me do this oh you know and it was kind of like crushing at that moment because i'm like he's gone he's not here anymore and it's not fair wow okay and so it was very difficult but it took and it, it takes people a long time sometimes it's that delayed reaction
1: and any time is, there's no certain time for, you know, you can't say, oh, you got to grieve in a day. It's right. your own time. Yeah, yes. When, when you're ready, you're ready.
0: And, and you hope that the people around you, your support group are there, and that they will support you. And understand, at that moment, I can't let it go right now, okay? All right, so I'm going to be here for you, and I'm going to wait for you. And when you're ready, if you need that shoulder, I'm here for you, yeah okay? And so you explode, let it, let it you know, just collapse whenever you can. OK, Yeah. so um, next one was after accept in reality and then process the pain is adjust to the world without uh, the deceased,
1: which is tough.
0: Yeah, completely. And this is even even at this point, let's say you're with someone who is dying. You almost have to kind of say, what is my life going to be without this person? Mm-hmm. And we are such creatures of habit that we want life to be OK. We just want things to stay the same. You know, every once in a while, don't you just sit there and you go. Wow, you look around and you go, my life is perfect. I do. Every- well, you do this every day. Okay? <laughs> but you look around and you go, man, everything is wonderful. I have good friends. I have good family. I mean, everything is okay. And you just, I, I just want everything to stay just like this. But we also have to come to the acceptance that it doesn't stay like that. Every day we get a little older. Every day we get closer to our own death. Ugh. Every day all the people around us get closer to their death. And it's scary because we we don't know. I just want to hold on to this moment. Yep. And I want this moment to last forever. Yeah. Okay. So that's really tough. And so that's why his third task is adjust to the world without the deceased. How do we end up doing that? Okay. And then finally, his last task, he says, is to find an enduring connection uh, with the deceased in the midst of uh, them leaving. Find a connection. Find something. And this is where I think we, we connect with closure you find something to link on to some type of memory now i'm trying not to cry this is really <laughs> you're doing this, pretty is, good. thank <laughs> you this is really rough especially once i start talking again so my dad who died in um in 1986 so you're talking a very long time ago mm-hmm. all right right before he died uh the summer before he died we went camping, and he just took his boys. There was a small group of us, and we went camping. We said, hey, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be a fun time. And it was, a, it was a really cool trip because it was just my dad and his sons, okay, and I think one nephew.
1: And this was the first camping the first, trip?
0: This is the first camp. The very first well, one. We, had, we had camped a couple of times as, uh, uh, as a family earlier on, but this was one where my dad was at that age of going, look, I'm... I'm, I'm retired. Uh, You know, I want to just reconnect with my boys. Aww. And it was so beautiful. And I remember, I mean, my dad loved to fish and I hated fishing. and <laughs> So, you know, we went fishing and he was like, all right, everyone be quiet. And I was like, no, I'm going to jump in the water. Okay. Did and you- so, oh, yeah, completely. And so, but he laughed and we had a good time. We had such a great time. And afterwards he said, I want to do this every year. Okay. He wanted to make sure that we did it every single year. And the following January, he passed away.
1: So you only got one year.
0: With my dad. And so uh, my brother Art and I think my brother AJ talked and they said we should do, we should go camping in honor of him. And so we did that for 35 years. Oh, my God. All right. Did and, you feel and, him
1: there? Feel oh, your dad completely, there? Completely,
0: completely. And in fact, what we do is all the guys come and do this and we do this regularly. <laughs> <If> <laughs> We're all wrecking if, here. We're yeah, just exactly. telling the people we yeah. are
1: both really. Just... Yeah.
0: So if I point to you, Tiffany, you're just going to start talking. <laughs> start all right. start talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, we did this every year until COVID canceled it on us and we had to miss this. And so I'm really hoping this year we'll do it again because I love sharing his stories about him so much. So much that my son, who's 20, who'd never met my dad, Aww. can tell you stories about my dad like he knew him. Oh, and that's that's the kind of thing that, um, we talked about uh, shooting the videos of people, but it's more, it's sharing these stories over and over again because death shouldn't be the end of anyone. These people, um, these uh, people we look up to should live on. Forever within us. And we should share these stories over and over again so that everyone can enjoy a guy like my dad. You know, um, uh, the the people in my past who I lost, I want to continue to share their stories over and over. Someday I'll be able to share them without <laughs> crying. All right. But I want to share them so people can say, Wow, they were amazing people. Uh, I can see so much of the stories, the things you're telling, Marty. I can see that in you, wow, this is great. I wish I could have met him, and that line right there when I hear people say that, I wish I could have met your dad to me, I feel so good because I feel like I've done him justice, yeah. you know, I've made uh some commitment to him does your son okay. go on the
1: camping trip with oh, you? Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, he has done this every it's um it is kind of funny because my daughter is has an uh, and my niece's have all been furious because they're like, why can't we go? And we're like, because it's a boys only thing. Oh. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it has always been a boys only thing. And uh, we go there and we just have a great time. And it's funny, when we were first doing it, we would do crazy things. Like, I think I told you, we went to a dude ranch. We went fishing in the boundary waters between, you know, the United States and you Canada. You stepped in
1: and saw some
0: cows. Oh, yeah, we did. Yes, we did the cows, right? <laughs> we did all kinds of stuff like that. Now we're older and it seems like oh, let's go to a hotel by the Mall of America. Okay, <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, my father's like, what the heck kind of kids did I raise, <laughs> you know? So I would still like to go out and do something crazy. Okay, uh, can yeah. I tell you? Tell me.
1: I, I'm i going to make the decision for your next trip. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So,
0: we'll see if the rest of the boys will All, all that the with
1: family out there, this yes. is what you guys are going to do. I'm listening. Whitewater rafting
0: trip. Oh, I think that there would be a lot of us who would like that. Okay. Um, Boom. See? All right boom boom Boom! it's done all right good we'll talk about it (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's get back to this okay so anyway uh i wanted to go through uh the bacon the b-a-c-o-n like everyone out there who has listened to our show in the past knows that what we do is we try to tackle some some big problems uh problems like uh bullying and uh, trying to show empathy and working with people you don't uh, get along with.
1: Anxiety.
0: Yeah, anxiety, right? <laughs> then we then we talk about some lighter things like what's, your, yeah, what's your favorite <laughs> holiday food and drink and stuff like that. So today's a, kind of a deep one for us. And so it was a little difficult to come up with BACON, the acronym B-A-C-O-N. What we do is we come up with a different line, a different word that is kind of a way to solve that problem, solving the grief here. So this is what I've got for BACON. Uh, Tiffany, okay. are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So, let's say we we are uh talking with someone who's near the end. Uh we know that we're going to lose this person and we're just trying to comfort them and co- and find some answers for ourselves. So, it'd be B. be there and be honest. In other words, it's it's be with that person and be with them 100%. Okay? Uh I I love the fact that when my aunt was in hospice, and my sister came up from Memphis and just moved into hospice with her. And she was just with her 24 hours a day. And uh, it's kind of funny because some people some people were like, well, were you jealous? Did you want to do this? No, no. That was what my sister needed. Uh, that's what I, It was a blessing to my aunt. So my aunt was never alone. It was just a wonderful thing. And I loved going there and looking at them. Uh, there was a couple times I get a big argument with my sister <laughs> because when you're talking about this someone so close to death someone we love so much uh your your emotions are in turmoil so anything can set you off and so uh but it was beautiful and i'm so glad that she was there i cherish my sister linda and i am so happy that she had that enormous amount of closure with my aunt okay so that's what i talk about when i say be there be honest with the person talk to them don't lie tell them the things that they need to hear okay uh, A is accept it, all of it. Okay, make the whole visit about them. So you accept it when they're if if somebody's near dying and they're screaming and they're yelling and they're yelling and they're making, uh, you know they're they're yelling at you or something. Just take it, accept it because they're going through something that's so tragic that we won't understand until we're at that moment. So be there for them, accept it, and take all of it. Okay, because they need you around them. Okay, C is the good one is cry if you need to. It's okay. (laughs) Because a lot of people, uh, you know, we talked about delay the delayed emotion, but a lot of people also then feel that they can't cry. Like, I can't cry in front of this person. I don't want to cry in front of this person, or I'm not going to do this. I have to show that I'm a man. I'm not going to do this. No, wrong. Crying is a perfectly acceptable uh, emotional response. Someone you care for, someone you love is dying. So cry. Go for it. Okay, um, I think it mean, it will mean a lot to them as well. Oh, offer to listen. And when you do that, really, really listen. You know, we've talked about listening in the past, uh, Tiffany, where I tell people all the time, you know, I ask you a question or I'm, I'm giving a comment. I'm, I'm expanding upon my statement. And the person who's listening is actually coming up with a response or an answer. And they're trying to work this through their head. They're waiting for me to shut up so they can start talking. Instead, just listen, actively listen. Don't come up with a response. Just listen to what the person has to say, especially because these could be their last words and their last words are the things that are going to mean the most to you. These are the, the words that they've chosen to share with you. So stop trying to come up with the right response. You know what to, what, what would be the right thing to say to someone on their deathbed? There are no right words. There are no per, there is no perfect line to say that's going to put everyone at ease. It doesn't exist because everyone needs to hear something different. But I truly believe more than that. Everybody just needs to be heard. Okay? They just need to know that their life meant something. And the words that they're going to utter on their last minutes there are going to mean something to someone. And if somebody chooses to tell me anything in their last breaths, I'm going to hold on to that and cherish that forever because they shared that with me. And then lastly, N. Nurture them and give them absolutely everything they need, okay, keep that in mind it's just that moment they they might have a month to live, they might have a week to live, an hour to live. Just nurture them, make them feel the best they possibly can, and give them whatever they need. all right that um you know I remember my grandfather was up in age, and he uh, we just knew he was he was getting closer and closer to uh, the end of his life, and he wanted beer. Okay, and everyone's like, no, do not give him beer. He, does, he doesn't want beer. And he and he still smoked cigarettes. And he goes, I want my cigarettes and I want beer. And everyone's like, no, you can't do this. And then us, his grandchildren, would sneak him cigarettes and then eventually sneak him uh, the near beer, the fake beer, the non-alcoholic beer, but not tell him that it was non-alcoholic. Okay, and the reason they said don't give him any beer is because they didn't want him to get drunk or a little a tipsy and then trip and fall and hurt himself. Okay, so... He would. It was so funny because he would hide in the bathroom, and he would smoke his cigarette, and throw it in the in the in the toilet, and he would drink his beer in the in the bathroom, away from his wife. And, Did he know and it daughter. was not alcoholic No, no, no. He thought he was he was getting beer, so he was good. But he hid it. He hid away from it. Uh, and this, what I mean is, just give them what they need. I mean, why not, right? If uh, somebody needs an extra shot of painkiller, give them the extra shot of painkiller. All right. I mean they. We've lived a whole life, and I don't care if your life ends in your teens or in your old age. Just you've lived a life, and if you're near your end, treat them, okay? That's that's it. That's how I feel. So I really believe our bacon today is be there for the people, all right? Be honest with them and just really, really be there. Accept everything that they're going to give back to you and uh, make the conversation all about them, okay? Cry if you need to. It's okay. They expect it. Oh, offer to listen and I'm I'm talking really really listen. Don't don't try to judge things like this. You'll have time afterwards to judge. Right now just listen. Be there with them. Okay? And then finally nurture them. Make them feel comfortable and give them whatever they need. All right. So that's that's the bacon for today. Uh What do you think, Tiffany? That
1: was good. Are we going to do the the other one?
0: The other one. The what? life? The life. Do we have a bacon no, for life? No, I don't have a, a bacon for life. I was Oh. I, I think, and the reason I was thinking mm-hmm. of this, oh, all right, so okay, I'm going to apologize okay. to you, Tiffany. The reason I was thinking of this is we do every show about what we're supposed to be doing through life, right? Every show is of what we do in life. Uh, this show was about when we're right at the end. And as far as answering the question, what's the bacon for life? Here's the question I've got for you is these five things I'm talking about is be there for the person, accept everything they've, they're, they're giving because we care for them, uh, cry if you need to, offer to listen to them, and nurture them. Why don't we just treat everyone like that all the time since we know we're not promised a tomorrow? It could be the very last day we have with anyone and everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why not treat everyone with these same steps here, the same feeling? Okay, why fight with someone? Why walk away from somebody angry when you know that you may never see them again yeah all right and this is so so very important that um, I want everyone just just to take take some time and think of some somebody that you have lost in your family or somebody in your family that you look at and you say, "What am I going to do when I lose this person? What is my life going to be like without this person in it if I had uh, one more day, one more hour. What would I say? What would I want to do with this person? And then once you have that, then just do it. Just do it. You know, Tiff, we, we talk about, um, the bucket list and I always tell you, you
1: read my oh, mind. I'm that was going to be mind. the next thing I was yeah, going to say.
0: Right. And I say the idea of why have a bucket list? Just do the stuff, right? So, um, this is what I want you to do is just go out there. Think of the things you want to do. Find some closure with everyone, because that may be the last time you talk to them. Yeah. Okay?
1: I had um, a woman just today at work telling me um, different things that she's done, and she went okay. water rafting this, so I brought that up for you. She goes, Tiff, you have to do, if there's something you want to do, yeah. she yeah. goes, you've got to do it. She goes, there are things... Um, that I wanted to do. She goes, my knees are out. She goes, I, I have such bad arthritis, I can't do it anymore. She right. goes, you're young enough. She goes, whatever you want to do, you need to do it. Because yeah. there's going to be a time that you're not able to do it. Yeah, yeah. So she just told me that today. And so I was thinking about my bucket list and you saying, Very no, enough. you don't just have do a it. bucket list. You have things you want to do. You need to do them. Just do them.
0: Yeah. Do them. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting about the idea of the things you just do and we think about it. Uh when my aunt uh, was in in the retirement community, and we knew it, her time was, was numbered. She was in a wheelchair most of the time. She was losing her sight. My brother Joe, baby, baby June, Joe. <laughs> baby Joe. Uh, and I, when we were younger, my aunt taught us how to ride bikes. And uh, we went bike riding with her all the time. You know, that was her big thing. And I, I can picture, this was years ago, and she would ride with a little like house dress on. Okay. And we would ride (laughs) down these streets and it was just, you know, this was before you had helmets and, oh, bike gear. This was just her and she loved it and she brought us all the time. And so when she was at her later in life and we knew, you know, the end was near, my brother Joe said we should rent one of those specialty bikes that, uh, that we, the two of us could pedal and she could sit in it and she could still get the feeling of bike riding. Okay. and so I was like, "Oh my God, that would be wonderful, right?" And so we didn't, we did not do it, okay. But we talked about it. And we were trying to figure out how to do this, how we're going to get her out of there, like what, doing all the logistics. And uh, the one day while I'm visiting her there, I talked to her and I said, "You know, uh, Joe has this uh, I, Joseph, that's what she called him. <laughs> Joseph has this idea of doing this, and he's like, he's like, oh, he's crazy. I'm not getting on any bike at this age." <laughs> She's like, "No, do not do that." <laughs> so it was really cool. And that's an example of the idea that sometimes we want to do something for our own closure. Okay, we, this sounded like such a great idea, and Joe loved the idea as well. And it was something because it was a good memory for us, but it was obviously not what she wanted <laughs> she at was all. She like, you know what,
1: yeah, no, my I, okay. last bucket on my bucket list is <laughs> so go bike riding with <laughs> yeah, you guys. Exactly. But well, you found out it wasn't. Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> so there's importance like that. Um, I want to share one more story with you. And I'm going to try not to cry during this one. Okay. All right. So my brother, Art, who was, this was a, a tough death. He was my oldest brother. And so this was a tough death because it was a, uh, a sibling. All right. You usually just, there's a certain relief, like I said, when the grandparents die and old people die and you just know these people are, are dying. Uh, and even even parents, when they die, it's expected because they're older than you. But my sibling, who was still quite a bit older than me, when he passed away, uh, he had liver cancer. And so he was in the hospital, and he was, you know, older. I don't know how old he was. Uh, I don't even know how old I am. So anyway, he was never going to get a a replacement liver. You know, he was never going to get a transplant. There were so many people who were more deserving than him to get this transplant. And so he was very sick. And so every time he had ever gotten sick, they put him right in the hospital. So even if like a cold or something like that, from what I understand, he had to go to the hospital, get a complete checkout. So one day he was in there. They checked him out the next day. They said, you're fine. Go home. You have a clean bill of health. And the doctor stopped him and said, we have a liver for you. We have. And he's like, wait, why? There's so many other people. I'm so far down the list. And he said, no, the fact that you're here in the hospital, you've got a clean bill of health and the liver is a match for you. This is it. We have the liver for you and it was like a miracle like wow how could that possibly happen so he had the operation got the new liver and he lived uh a fair amount of time afterwards like how long is a fair amount of time a fair amount i don't even know like five
1: years a
0: year i i I don't i don't even know i don't even want i don't want to guess because somebody somebody in my family's listening going no that that was wrong i would be wrong but afterwards after his recovery i went to him and i said wow art this is incredible This is absolute one. this is a miracle beyond miracles. You should write the list because you've given, you've been given another shot at life. Okay, you've been given something that the rest of us don't have. Okay, you've been given more time. And I said, so you have to figure out what are you going to do with this time? You have this incredible gift. What are you going to do with this time? And he said, okay, I have to really think about this. And I said, write that list, write that bucket list, the things you want to do and he started writing it and i remember coming up and meeting him like uh i don't know a week later or something like that and he said i wrote the list i have the list and i was like this is going to be incredible like what pro what profound things are you going to put in here when you sit there going i only i've been given a second chance at life and he shows me this list and it was a list of places in the world he wanted to visit and it was things you know uh barcelona i think you know uh niagara falls whatever they were just different places And I think he had listed states that he had never seen and stuff like that. And he showed it to me and he was just so elated. He was so happy that he made the list. And to be honest, I was disappointed. Okay. My first reaction was like, oh my God, how dare you? How dare you write a list like this? You were given a gift uh, of additional life and you wanted just vacation. Okay. I was inside. I was just upset. I I didn't say anything to him. But I was upset by it, and I was like, I can't believe this. You're given a gift of extra life. Why, why, why aren't you saying, I'm going to go and help the homeless? I'm going to go uh, you know, devote time and teach, teach uh, children how to read. Uh, I'm going to help the blind or something like that. Do something noble, something profound. And I was like, I don't know. And I kept asking myself, well, what would I put on my list? And I kept looking through there, and everything was, that's not good enough. I should do something better. I, that's not good enough. I should do something better. And I was still angry with my brother. And then it dawned on me, how dare I be angry with him on his choices? Okay? He was given extra time, but his extra time, we don't know how long he's going he was going to be here. Just like me, I'm given every day. I'm given an extra day, right? Every day, I'm, I'm, I'm given the gift of life another 24 hours. All right, so it was wrong of me to question what he wanted to choose, what he wanted to do with his life. It was completely wrong of me. And if he chose to do those things, then maybe that's what he's supposed to do. And maybe in, in life, the meaning of life is supposed to be we're supposed to find some happiness. All right, and so I'm glad for him. He, I know he didn't get a chance to see uh, and do everything on his list.
1: But did he do some of the stuff? I on think he
0: thing? definitely did some of the things. And I think that's important. And so the lesson that I learned from that is make that list early. Okay, why wait till that last bit? Make that list, whatever it is. If you want to see Niagara Falls, <laughs> Tiffany, because I know <laughs> that's on your list. If you want to see it, then just go and do it. Yeah. Okay? If, if somebody out there wants to go help the homeless, then go and do it. Yeah. Okay, don't plan for it. And it shouldn't be the last thing. You know, you don't say, well, one day I'll do it. No, today, plan for it and just get it done. Yeah. And so I'm glad that my brother gave me that gift. Yeah. Okay, because he made me think about that. But
1: that's good that you did realize it.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Because some people might not have realized it and had it click you know the little your little switch turned on right so you understood it so that's good that you got to understand
0: and so i i am very lucky i'll tell you i'm i'm very happy with the the fact that of all the people who i've lost again other than my nephew uh my nephew christopher other than him i've gotten great closure with all the people okay yeah um my dad when he went you know i was a young kid oh you were yeah oh i, I didn't he, realize he, you were young third, he was 30 yeah I was, I was young once tiffany oh. <laughs> this was over 35 years ago he died oh wow. yeah remember so I've been, we've been camping every year since he passed away so i was young enough that i was like i don't know what am i supposed to say I, my dad is dying what am i supposed to say i don't know what i'm supposed to do and he's in the hospital and i remember him looking at me and seeing how uncomfortable i, I was and rather than me being there to comfort him...
1: He was comforting He was comforting you. me,
0: right? And I remember I had this cup, a plastic cup with a drawing I had done, all right? And I had put this drawing on it, and the company I was working for took my artwork, and it was a character I created, and I put it on this cup, and they printed it and stuff, and I brought it to him, and I showed him. I go, take a look at this. This is what they did. And he was so happy Aww. that I was an artist, and I was actually... Uh, being paid to be an artist something that i had dreamt about and something that he believed in with me and he was like i knew you could make it i am so so proud of you Aww. and so for me it's like that's it what else could I, I have ever asked for but having a father who his last words to me were just saying i'm proud of you yeah and so i had wonderful absolutely wonderful closure with with him so I'm going to let do you have a, a, any a closure message or something. Well, we have some time because I want to talk. I want to talk with about some other people, but I want to also okay. suck in these tears.
1: OK, well, I don't know if I want to do it now or towards the end of the show. But I, my special little thing is yes. I have positive quotes on death. OK, positive quotes on life. Beautiful. And positive quotes on bacon <laughs> because the show was um
0: is it life, it is life death, death and bacon, and bacon. bacon. There, so you go. Have, there you go i have
1: i have positive quotes well, I'll for tell on you what. all
0: three do you want to give one quote on each of them oh Why don't we start hey. something like that and just um, uh lighten up the mood a little bit let's 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 do this roller coaster of moods this life death and bacon what do you think
1: uh, let's see okay be the thing be the things you loved the most about people who are gone okay be the things you love most about the people you are gone okay that's, that's pretty yes. much what right. we were what talking we're, about yeah yeah okay we, when we, i read it the first become, time i didn't yeah, really sound we,
0: we become those people who uh who have nurtured us
1: uh life goes on whether you choose to move on um and take a chance in the unknown or stay behind i can't even read it it's too small <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay, I'm to... <laughs> glad you
0: prepared for this, too. Holy
1: cow, I don't know if my, the tears are all uh, fogging up my eye.
0: All right, <laughs> well, ju- jump to the bacon quote, then.
1: Okay. Oh, I, okay. Bacon, admit it. <laughs> for a second there, your problems went away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. You get it? Yes, bacon. I get Bacon, I got it. All admit right. it. For a second, your problems. Just problem... a second. Yeah, Exactly, that's fine. Okay. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Bacon solves all the world's problems.
1: Keep looking up. That's the secret of life.
0: Okay. Yeah. Look, look positive. Yeah. Everything is, everything is going to be okay. If you let it,
1: Charlie Brown said that.
0: Okay. Well, finally, we have an I know, author. Right. That was all the right. only
1: one. No one. I didn't know the bacon.
0: Excellent. Excellent.
1: <laughs> all right. I'm sorry about that. No, that not didn't, that didn't come out as well as that. No,
0: I you're, you were wonderful. you were wonderful. Uh, So I'm going to ask you, do you want to say anything about what you went through and the closure you got with your mom?
1: Um, It was pretty much, it wasn't when she actually passed. It was when she was in the hospital and found out that she wasn't going to do any treatment, wasn't going to do anything. And then that's when I told her, um, Mom, the only reason why I'm taking this Um, as well as I am and she goes please tell me and I said I know you're always going to be with me and she was so cute because she goes honey I am she goes might take me a while because I don't know (laughs) how how long it's going to take for me to get there get to you she goes it might take me a while she goes but I'll absolutely be with you awesome and then I had um a dream after she passed and it was in a um a really big big room it was an empty room okay it was just huge and she was sitting in a chair, and then next to her was her best friend who had passed a year before. Sure. And I knew. We grew up with her. She was our neighbor and everything. So I walked in this huge, empty room except for these chairs that they were sitting on. And I walked out and I said, um, and they both were smiling, just smiling, Great. very happy. Yeah. They looked good. My mom was real, real skinny um, when she passed. And... Uh, so she wasn't real skinny in my dream and mrs warner looked really good and uh i ran up and i said hi mrs warner and then i gave my mom a great big hug good. and it was really and she was just she looked so good and she they both were smiling and that gave me closure. It's like okay she's in a better place and that's what gave me closure nice is that dream
0: nice good good yeah and and i'm so glad because um you did get plenty of time to talk with your mom and you yeah. knew she was going uh and so that's that's what's so wonderful is you know everyone who's listening. If you have the opportunity, and you know somebody's in hospice, let's say, or um, you know you just know they're at that age. It's it's a matter of time, and you get to spend some time with them, and you make them feel good because the more you make them feel good, the better you're going to feel inside. You really you really will. But the tough part is when somebody dies unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. That's the tough part, and so don't rob yourself of that same feeling sit back all the time and again I talked to my sister and I said I'm looking through everyone in my life and I said if I died right now am I leaving them in a good way okay Uh, the most important people to me obviously uh, is my immediate family and I look at all of them and I go yeah I think I'm leaving them all in a good way I think that it's important that they know each and every one of them that I love them I am so proud of them Uh, I couldn't I wish I could like just hug them and just tell them those words. But sometimes it's easier to tell them through the radio station than face <laughs> to face, you know. Um, but it's important for them to know, and I'm I'm happy with directions their lives are going in. Uh, they're daring and 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 wonderful and adventurous and smart and humorous and just they're going to be great people and they're going to pass what they have onto plenty of other people. And you know they're they're just going to be a, a wonderful influence. And when you ask yourself that ultimate question that everyone asks, uh, what's your purpose in life? What was your purpose in life? Which is the thing that scares people. And I think when we're younger, uh, you start getting to that age when you start uh, questioning your mortality. and You're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. I'm, I'm confused. Like, this is really, is this it? Uh, I come to the realization that my job, my purpose in life was to influence these people. Okay, my kids, my wife, my friends, my family. Your co-host. Yes, my co-host. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. But my job in life was just to be here to do that, to influence these people and push them in this one direction, to maybe, maybe just put a smile on one more person's face. Yeah. Okay? And just bring a little bit of happiness into somebody who's just having a, a lousy day, okay, and helping them find a way out of that. All right? I just look at this and uh and I said so this is my purpose in life this is what I'm supposed to do and as I look back and I can say wow I learned so much about that from my mom who passed away my aunt who passed away even my grandparents who passed away the more you look back into the memories of these people you only start getting the good memories of Absolutely them. All right and you and all the the bad memories Allow them to whitewash and just disappear. Some okay. of
1: the bad memories actually are kind of funny when you think oh, of You know, so it's completely. like at that time, it probably wasn't all funny. Right, right. But you think about it now, and like a cranky old grandpa, yes, you know, yes, yes. and it's right, like oh my God, that's all he did was complain, complain, complain. But you think about it now, and it was pretty funny.
0: Oh, my gosh, completely. <laughs> right, oh, it's right, like
1: back then it might not have, but now it, it turns into a good thing. Yeah, and the,
0: the ideas of, um, I look back at them, and I only have really wonderful, wonderful memories with them. Even my mom, when she passed away and I was with her, I have great closure with her because we did some things together where she could see that I took on some of her traits, some of what the, the things that she did that she was proud about herself, I took on those traits and I was able to demonstrate them in front of her. And I could just see that glee in her face. And she was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, um, my Martin Jude. Okay, (laughs) so she was just so happy for me. Uh, My aunt was, uh, you know, here she was in a wheelchair, almost blind. And we would talk and I would just sit and I would chat with her. And I remember breaking down crying because I had a I had problems. Something had happened. Uh, something I wasn't going to see my kids and I really wanted to see my kids and I just thought life wasn't fair and it was taken away from me and she was so strong with me and again another person in the last days of their life chose to comfort me instead of saying you know hey you're you're here you're supposed to comfort me I'm the one who's dying what they did in the last parts of their life was they comforted me
1: it might have had them feel better though about themselves you know what? My last times, I'm still able to help Marty. Right. In my last days, I'm still able to help baby Joe. Right. In my last days, I was able to help, you know, your, your sister. So sure. that actually might have helped them a little bit. It's like, okay, going out, I actually helped my family. Yes. so, yeah, you might have thought of it one way, like I should be helping them, but you actually probably did help them because right. they right. were helping you.
0: And and it goes along with what we say all the time, uh, where there's so many sayings about it is the secret to happiness is helping other people all the time. Everyone on their on their deathbed or near death when they say, What would you have liked to have done? I wish I could have helped more people. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. It's not I wish I could have earned more money. It's I wish I could have helped more people. Yeah. All right. Uh the last thing I want to talk about is uh this. Tiffany, and that is the. Um, there's another psychiatrist called Elizabeth Kuber uh, Ross, and in 69, what in 1969, she wrote what's considered uh, the the cornerstone of how we deal with grief, and it's the five levels of grief, the the steps we go through, and that was denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And then it was after a while what she realized in her initial studies was. That she was talking to people who were terminally ill, who really saw that you know the end was right there. So she redid her study and she talked to more people as they were elder, as they were uh, aging, and realized she added a few more things. So there's seven steps uh, to dealing with grief and the steps we go through, and that is called shock, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, testing, and then acceptance. And so I just want to explain these really quick. Have you ever heard of these, these, these stages?
1: Yes, but there was a couple, the second to the last one, I testing. haven't, testing, not, right. that one I haven't.
0: No, and neither had I, but there were seven steps. So the first one is shock. So when you finally realize, oh my gosh, you know, I, I kind of knew death was coming, but I'm shocked because now I've told it's done. it is, it is coming. Okay. Uh, and again, whether it's for somebody else or me, like the doctor goes, yeah, this is it. You know, you have six months to live. That shock is the initial thing. Then, after shock is denial, because the first thing we do is no, no, I, I don't believe it. I'm not accepting it. There's got to be something else I can do, uh, which is very strong. We should get a second opinion, and but we deny it. And the quicker we can get through the de- denying it, if it's inevitable, uh, the the better our our uh, loss will be for ourselves as well as other people. After that, it turns to anger. Because once you start realizing, I cannot deny it, I don't have control over it, our first response is that anger. That this is, I don't want this to happen, I'm going to be furious about this. Okay, after that, it's bargaining. Where you're saying, well, what what can I do? This is where you start talking to God and go, well, what what if I did this, this, and this? Can I have just another hour? Okay, Steve Jobs always said that uh, at his last minutes, he said, I would have given away everything I owned. every All the dollars I have, uh, all my stocks and everything, you know just for another year okay that's how important it was and that's at that point uh in his life after the bargaining once you realize you can't bargain for it that's where you slip into depression okay and everything is awful awful just you don't know what to do testing comes next and that is when you start saying well how am I going to get used to this how will I let me let me see what maybe I should meditate more maybe I should do this how do I how do I work my way through this maybe I'm going to talk to more people and finally, you find something that works for you, and that's when you get into acceptance. And I really hope that when my time comes, that that acceptance comes very, very quickly. I don't want to spend a whole lot of my last few minutes or my last few days or hours in shock, denial, anger, or bargaining, depression, or testing. I just want to be able to say, I'm there, and I accept. And one of the things that gives me peace of mind is making sure that the people around me know that I love them so much. I care for them. I'm proud of them. They're amazing people. The pe- I wish they could have met some of the people I met in the past, and I want them to just keep growing and being the wonderful, wonderful people I know they can be. Ah. wonderful. So, thank you. Okay. So we got a couple got, minutes left. Right. Let's, let's hear, you, hear you. I'm sorry I took up a lot of your time. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Enjoy the little things in life. For one day when you look back, they will be big things.
0: Yes, that's beautiful. Yeah.
1: Um, nothing will ever take away memories.
0: Right. Memories are always going to be so much memories. Experiences are going to be so much more than things. Okay.
1: Either you like bacon or you're wrong.
0: <laughs> I had to get a little <laughs> funny, funny no, smiley like in there. <laughs> I like it. Yes, yes.
1: Wake up each day and realize life is great and bacon is awesome.
0: There you go. I'm, I'm agreeing with you wholeheartedly <laughs> on that one.
1: Uh, so I thought
0: that was really sweet, and I love the fact that you read through all of those, and you actually did have one author, Charlie Brown.
1: Charlie okay. Brown, yep. Okay, yep. Um, unless I can't read the other ones because they're too small, and my eyes are all watery. That Thank you quite, very much.
0: You, you are welcome. You are welcome. <laughs>
1: I even so, have my glasses on too, and I still.
0: So, Tiffany, we got like a less than a minute uh, for you just to tell the world out there give 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 yourself and those them, those people some closure. Just tell everyone you care about. How I care can...
1: about all you. Is
0: that good? <laughs> you're, so, you're so deep, <laughs> I let you, you're I so, let you you're do so... <laughs> all the emotional things because
1: I can't.
0: Right. I Tiffany can't. loves you. They, Tip...
1: We do have a new listener today.
0: Oh, good, good.
1: Yes. Thanks for listening, Edwin.
0: Hi, Edwin. There you go. All right. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you so much for spending your hour with us. And trust me, uh, Tiffany and I really do love you. And if we can do something to put a smile on your face... That's what we're here for. So thank you again for this hour. You have been listening to Bacon Bits with uh, Master Happiness. I'm Marty Jalove. We're here with my bestest buddy. <laughs> Tiffany. All right. Say good night, Tiffany. Good
1: night, Tiffany.
0: <laughs> Bye-bye, <laughs> everybody. Bye.